welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library, the podcast where we watch the Disney Animation Studios mm-hmm. films mm-hmm. from Snow White mm-hmm. all the way up to mm-hmm. Moana. I'm doing TC's bit this week because mm-hmm. after 51 episodes, I figured I could steal something from him. Mm-hmm. Humming over there is, of course, mm-hmm. TC. Hello, TC. Hello, Jeff. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm 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 in a good mood. It's good. It's, uh, it's ha- joyful happiness. You know. How are How are you doing? I am doing miserable, but you know. <laughs> oh, so, no, no, no. If you're gonna If you're gonna go with with that, you need to do I'm it in the proper. I'm gonna do it there miserable. You, there you go. You know, I, I anticipated I, as you were saying it. I'm sure it struck you that you should have done did. it as you are. It did, and I was like, ah, oh, wait, wait, hold on. Let me do it in here. <laughs> I hate when I do that. Uh, oh well. Well, TC, we're back again for episode fifty-one mm-hmm. of the 51. podcast. Fifty-one. We are fifty-one. We are in our last set of films yep. in this library. Not even a full ten. Um, so as uh, 10. as uh, uh, TC, uh, do you explain the, the list thing again for those of you who might be just joining us? Oh yes. Yeah. Well, so we've started with Snow White. We're going through a very specific library, which is the Disney Animation Studios Library. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only 56 of those at the time of this recording. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph two comes out in November, uh, which we'll probably come back for that. But as probably we're going back. through, we're, <laughs> we're grouping these in ten, so we can rank them one through ten instead of trying to rank one through 56, like some crazy people think they can do. People are crazy. Uh, when all is when all is said and done, our final episode, we're going to take the number ones from each of them. Also, people really like this idea of the uh, four wild cards. Um, good, some good, good response back. Good feedback from the, the listeners about that. And a couple of cool new categories for our last episode. But we are not there yet. We are on our new and f- new uh, new group of 10, our first in this grouping of not 10, and the last stretch of films here, Winnie the Pooh. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. This is going to be fun. And, and, yeah. And thank you, everybody, for, for listening and joining us. If this is your first episode, please go back and, and take a listen. I'm, yeah. I, I believe Wyatt's going through and commenting on all the previous episodes. <laughs> he is. But... And it keeps throwing me off because I look through the <laughs> notifications and I'm like, what What post was that one? What is it? <laughs> Bambi? That's what... Oh, okay. It's Wyatt. <laughs> no, like, no, it's Wyatt great. For it's going. great. Yeah, to... it's great, by all means. Because it's also <laughs> giving me a good reason. It's giving me a reason to go back and, and kind of reevaluate these movies as we're getting closer to the end. Uh, TC, are we to, gonna have to, to go start back and over? think about them? <laughs> no, are we starting no, no. <laughs> over. <laughs> That's the twist for the last episode. We're actually gonna do Snow White again, and just gonna keep. I mean, hey, hey, it's a look, twist. <laughs> Lindsay and I on the AFI podcast. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Lindsay, who is also on the Top Shelf Podcast Network here, uh, who does the uh, best Oscar winners, uh, when she and I did our original Top Shelf Podcast, the AFI one, um, we we t- Ben Hur was number one hundred. It was the first movie on our list. We yeah. could not get through it at the time. <laughs> so later in the show, like, I think it was, uh, man, she, she'd have to remind me. I can't remember now. But I think it was, like, one of the last ones we did. We went back and watched mm-hmm. Ben-Hur all the way through Ooh. just so we could do a proper episode on it. Uh, well, that's commitment. <laughs> that is commitment to the cause right there. <laughs> we tried, you know. We wanted to make sure we had all 100. So <laughs> we were not going to do that with this podcast. We've watched no. all these movies, guys. <laughs> it's true, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm not sure there – I mean, I don't think we short gave anyone the short shrift in, in these. Uh, it's funny that there was a spell where we were – the recording of an episode was the length of the film. Yeah, there's a very good chance that that might be what happens today because we are looking at one of the shortest in the library Man. in 2011's yes. Winnie the Pooh. I could not believe it. Like the movie started, and I checked the runtime, and actually, I thought 
I thought my copy of the film was wrong. Like right. I'm like I'm like wait a minute. It's an hour and 3 minutes and then it blew my mind because the credits started 54 minutes into the film and I went there's 10 minutes of credits? <laughs> what? Yeah, like, a, yeah. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> You know what though? Of, I don't oh, wait, yeah, go ahead. I don't know if I don't know if I would I don't know if I'd need any more than what was here. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just that no. there's no there's no use in prolonging this any and making it any longer than it than it is. And uh, much like the original Winnie the Pooh, it feels it's so vignette-y, <laughs> as, right. as I'm making that a word. That's a word now. That, <laughs> yeah. That e- even watching this with the original, because I actually went back and popped in the original after I'd finished watching this one. I okay. just had it playing, playing in the background while I was working on some stuff. And it's, you know, there's it's, it's not necessary that this be a long, drawn-out film, which goes to a question we actually got from one of our listeners that I'll get to later. Okay. Um but uh, yeah, this is this is quite short. It's, it's a little shorter more... than the it's shorter than the original. It's short. Had you seen? You hadn't seen this one, right? No, this was so. This is the last movie in our list that I have not seen. Okay. And I remember it. I remember it coming out because I do remember the marketing for a new Winnie the Pooh movie. Which mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. Even at the time, I went, "Really? Why are they making another <laughs> Winnie the Pooh movie?" Like, that's strange. Um, unfortunately, it is also our last 2D animated film on the list. Right, yeah. Um, I, I know we, we kept touting uh, Princess and the Frog as this wonderful send-off to 2D, and I still stand by that. I think Princess and the Frog is the proper send-off, because this this is more... This is a throwback. This this feels... And I mean this appropriately. I mean this as a good thing. It feels like a nice filler between Tangled and what com- what is to come. Right. That... Instead of not releasing something or forcing something to be released that isn't up to snuff, this feels like a, an appropriate release for this time period. And there's no, there's there's nothing wrong with this movie. I mean, oh, no. I'm not saying that in that I'm praising this as as one of the end all be all of the films. It's just. It's funny. It's going to sound like Brother Bear all over again. It's fine. This it's movie's fine. fine. And, it's well, in a, it's in a, in a good way. <laughs> right. It's well. It's fine. And it's. It's it's fine and good in exactly it's exactly what you would expect. If you you know yeah. if someone said like oh this is gonna be a Winnie the Pooh movie I'd be like okay I sat down and I went yep this is a Winnie the Pooh movie like mm-hmm. not in a, again not in a bad way just knowing that they they hit all the beats you know it's the animation style it's the fact that Pooh breaks the the fourth wall and talks to the narrator oh, yes. yeah. it's him you know it's him interacting with the actual words on the page like it was you know or them like spinning the book to get him out of bed. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's the opening and closing. I'm literally going through my entire notes, by the way, guys. So <laughs> well, here we're, we're gonna, gonna be jump in, in for you. We're gonna be in and out in ten minutes, up. guys. Uh, <laughs> there, there is, I. It's the same style of meta humor that we yep. got in the original one, where it's the narrator interacting with the characters, uh, interacting with Pooh himself, really, because I, I don't, I don't think any of the other characters interact with the narrator. It's just Winnie the Pooh that does. Yeah, and it's tipping the book and and using the letters to climb out of the pit like there's but this is like as much as the meta humor was in the original 77 uh, Winnie the Pooh and the Winnie the Poohs that then followed which I want to talk about in a moment as well this one I think the meta humor is a, there's more of it right and I think it's a little more deliberate and the though this still has this the cute jokey nature that this series has always had it feels a little more modern it it feels more modern than than we've seen previously, right? 
um, the the takes to the to the audience and then and the narrator's interaction feels a bit just a bit more modern than the original 77 version well and there's like one good like the moment near the end when um <clears throat> when uh when owl realizes that he messed up reading christopher robin's note and <laughs> the they all and... <laughs> yep and they all kind of cut back to him and he's just like mm-hmm. sitting there like blinking with his eyes open wide and then it's just the like smash like it's the smash zoom out of the frame like he's just gone out of the frame right away because he took <laughs> off. It's a very kind of like that's I know I know that is a Looney Tunes. That's a Chuck Avery. Uh, Chuck, dang it, I did it again. Tex, Chuck Jones. Tex Avery. Tex Chuck Avery. Jones. Tex Avery. <laughs> right. I always do that. Um, but it's very much so like a Bugs Bunny, da- you know, Daffy Duck type exit. But mm-hmm. that's definitely also more used nowadays in a lot of cartoons. That's that's a modern day piece of joke or a piece of yeah. humor. Yeah. Yeah. Much more utilized in modern. Yes. Comedic sensibility. See, this is why you're I, here, TC. I ramble words. You translate and make me sound smart. Yeah, I speak Jeff. I speak, you speak Jeff. Well. Jeff. It takes a long time to learn to speak Jeff. The humor in this is really sweet, though. That this it, starting it out as it started, I I had a sense of maybe the first like ten minutes or so. I thought, man, this really just feels like a TV show. This doesn't feel yeah. like a film, and and that's pretty consistent through the whole thing. This, in in fact, they they. As I read, someone uh, got a tweet from, ah, why don't I have to write the Twitter, Twitter people down? <laughs> Two of these segments you. came from the Winnie the Pooh TV series. It okay, was... did it? Because that's, yes. I was trying to figure out like, A, why they made this, and B, I got that same exact feeling that I was like, mm-hmm. was this a pilot for a TV show? Like, was that what this was supposed to be? And yeah, they just it... turned it into a film? There already was a TV show at the time, The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I, I I think that might have been what it was called. But okay. It's it's uh, the Eeyore being the Tigger Two was a moment, and there was a second moment as well. But the the whole movie, though, it feels like a TV series, and it's because it's just one thing after the other. There's there's more of a through line in this than there was in the original one, in terms of it's just Eeyore's tale and the Baxen. Those are the two. St- what I feel are the two stories. Right. And those two stories just flow naturally into one another because I hadn't yeah. realized at first that, oh, we're kind of on to another story. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. it just kind of just felt we're just going. Yep. We're just this is just one. It's an hour long story that they were telling. Yeah. The, but the humor still works very well. It's very cute. It's very sweet and earnest. And there's I didn't really get any. There's no jokes that like inherently offended me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes, <laughs> especially when you pile on too many jokes, you're going to reach a point where uh, if we may point to the most egregious of recent recent films, it's Chicken Little, where it's just throw all the darts at the board. Right. This feels this has a very sweet, very friendly quality to it, as it should. I don't think that getting edgy with these characters is something that anyone should ever attempt to do. No, you you don't get remain. edgy with Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> no, the, Winnie the Pooh. All these characters they need to remain as wholesome as they possibly can. You know what uh, happens when you get edgy with Winnie the Pooh? You get Ted, the movie yeah. Ted. By yeah, you're McFarlane. right. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what happens, guys. <laughs> I, honestly, I think the most, like, really the the most modern feeling joke came from when Rabbit was giving all like the military hand signals to <laughs> Pooh and and Piglet. When yep. they were like setting up to fight the Baxin, and it's a lot of real. That's like the really kinetic, sharp. This, 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 this. Which, and which that, I made a comment. Just on, like, I actually liked yeah. that. I liked the crazy rabbit moment. Like, I oh, liked yes, how insane yeah. he was getting in that. I thought that was funny. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not turning my nose up at it, but it just oh, yeah, felt no. the most. The that one felt like that joke felt like really contemporary. Although they capped it very, very nicely because it went on just like 
a smidge too long. And then he mm-hmm. just turns to Piglet and Pooh and they just wave at him. And then I'm like, ah, there it is. That's it. That's the wholesome, sweet quality of Winnie the Pooh right there. Oh, man. And the entire, oh, so just to talk about another sequence that I just, I loved because it felt, it was that wholesome feeling when they're all trapped in the hole and Piglet's mm-hmm. up above and, and he's trying oh, to get him yeah. down or he's trying to get him out. And like he yeah. finds the rope and they're like, like, mm-hmm. like, they're like help, you know, like lower it down and he cuts it into six individual six pieces. pieces. Use the rope to get us all out. Oh, get, get, get you all out. Oh, okay. Okay. One, two, three, four, yeah. five, six. And then, and then there's a moment of waiting and like, who's just looking up like, uh-huh. And then Rabbit has this look on his face like, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> like that and entire then, sequence was yeah. brilliant. I loved it. Oh, I... Because you hadn't seen this before, I had a really sneaking suspicion you loved the not not bit. Oh because yes, because it's, a- it's that so... total Abbott and Costello. Yes. <laughs> like... Do you know how to tie a knot? I cannot. You cannot. You no, cannot. I cannot no. not. You cannot not. I I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> loved it. I th- I was I was I was uh, I was folding my laundry when that happened, and I turned away mm-hmm. just for a split second, and then I, I heard the first "I cannot not," and I went, "Oh, you guys are doing this, aren't you?" <laughs> and I got super excited, and like I turned back to the camera, uh, to, to the camera, to the TV, <laughs> and I was just staring intently, going, Jeff, "You're doing Jeff, this." <laughs> you you did a take to the studio audience, is, is what you're you're telling me. Your life is a sitcom. Um, I am the Truman Show, but I'm the mm. funny Truman Show, guys. I hope you know in, this, right? In your life as a sitcom, mm-hmm. a, a, am I mostly on the show as a voice and occasionally my my movie filming career uh, like opens up that I can do an actual physical cameo on your yes. show? Is that how it, yep. Okay. Yep. I'm one, yeah, of, you're, I'm one you're of those just, guys. You're one of those guys that has the, you're just like, we can only get you for a couple hours a week and yeah. uh, you record this little uh, voiceover <laughs> in your booth and you send it to us and I just act alongside it. I don't actually get to act with you. <laughs> so it's a it's a it's a it's a, a special guest star cameo appearance by uh, T C Dewitt every week. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, you could be here for the season finale. It's, I I will be there. You can guarantee it. <laughs> Series finale, especially. See, we're just being silly right now. Sillier, in fact, more silly than the original 1977 Winnie the Pooh. Is this movie bringing it back? You know my two new favorite characters in this mm. series. I was I was sad that Go- the Gopher didn't return, the the Groundhog didn't return. Yeah, but my two favorite characters, actually one in particular, Tummy and Balloon, because <laughs> <laughs> they are very much so their own characters. Those things are yeah, li- they're literally Pooh's stomach is literally its own character attached to him. Is that who you're yeah, talking about? It- Exactly. His okay. tummy. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to get that looked at. Of course, Pooh also needs to get his like honey addiction looked at as well. Yeah, he's got like, a problem. <laughs> if if we want to get if we want to talk dark here for a second, I actually have a note here that Pooh's got a, a serious problem. He has yes. got an addiction. Now, in the original '77, when we did that podcast, uh, people had asked if we subscribe to the theory that all these characters represent some sort of psychosis or or addiction, right? Yeah. Right. And I didn't necessarily subscribe to that. I, I I can see where people could interpret it that way, that, you know, Tigger would have ADHD or that uh, Rabbit would be um, like OCD. crystal meth or, or something like that. No, no, like no, that. yeah, crystal meth. That's right. That's right. <laughs> something like that, 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 um, that Piglet has some sort of uh, um, uh, pass. I don't know. But like, I get where you can tear that apart. With this one, however... Man, does Pooh have a problem. It's not just like, oh, I want honey. Oh, bother. It's like, 
I gotta get I gotta get that honey. I, I gotta that, get that can, honey. Can man. you get can you give me some of that honey, huh? Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, he trips <laughs> out for an entire sequence. <laughs> Dude was tripping, man. He's e- everything not okay. is honey. Here's my it's note a, for the. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say no, no. You do yours first because my my the, comment goes elsewhere. The, the everything is honey segment as it <laughs> as it kicked in. No, sorry, tangent for a second. I have seen this before. I've seen it once before, and. I, I I liked it. It's just a very it makes me feel happy. It's just a it's just a nice film, and I mean that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. But I'd forgotten little things about it. So going back to it, that everything is honey sequence. As soon as that started, I went, "Oh, I remember this." And then a split second, later, I went, "Simpsons did it," because <laughs> this is the land of chocolate. It's yep. the land of chocolate boat from Homer Simpson. Like. Ah, the land of chocolate. La, 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 Mr. Simpson. Mr. Simpson. Oh, I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa. We were talking about the land of chocolate. That was 15 minutes ago. <laughs> but like, Pooh going to everything is honey moment was, I, I thought the Simpsons moment, and then I thought, man, he's got a problem. This is... <laughs> well, and it's funny because... You know, okay, so going back to the whole, like, you could you could relate each of the characters to having the different, you know, psychological issues. This movie, mm-hmm. all the other characters did not, to me at least, exhibit those behaviors. It was just Pooh and his extreme honey addiction. You know, yeah, like, the, it, the other ones have, like, well, they have little ticks in their personality, but right, right. not I, to the extent they used to. No, I think the, the most we get from anyone else showing some sort of element of a flawed character trait is piglet's like endless forgiveness of okay i'm in the beehive now are you sure this is gonna work poo i trust you oh i'm i'm sorry i messed up your plan yes <laughs> like a little too a little too apologetic um but him but, getting but, his but, head stuck in the beehive was hilarious <laughs> poor piglet i poor felt so piglet. bad for piglet <laughs> yeah like he Eeyore brings it on himself because yes. he's just a downer. But poor Piglet, he asks for—he is just the most the, the sweetest guy, and he just gets abused. Yep. Um, but but see, nice guys is, don't finish last. No, they don't. <laughs> Sorry, Tommy as a character, he definitely had personality, and he's that voice inside the attic saying, "Hey man, get that hit, huh? Yeah, come on, you get you that honey." <laughs> but balloon a little as a bit, character, a little bit. balloon balloon versus Tigger. <laughs> Was was amazing because he just went through an entire story arc of like I'm gonna hunt the I'm gonna hunt it that's right I'm gonna hunt the the balloon oh uh, the balloon's got me the balloon's got me oh, get away you know you know I've never thought about having a sidekick before no no I can't have a sidekick like that whole sequence is very cute and the fact that everybody the balloon ends up winning the honey pot in the end right <laughs> and then takes it away where yeah. first off a how strong is that balloon second of all it's, where's it taking it. What is happening with that, honey? I want to know. These are the questions this movie could have spent five more minutes answering, TC. It could have. I, yeah. And and I'm, I'm going to put this into a trope section, okay? All right. Because I think we've had enough of them now that this is, this is becoming a staple of Disney, which is the non-speaking supporting characters. Okay. The sidekick characters who cannot speak. The most we get, like, yeah, sure, Tummy can make a noise. And Balloon, but Balloon cannot speak. And uh, and we've like carpet. If we go all the way back to Aladdin, he couldn't right. say a word. Um, well, uh, even Pascal, 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 Pascal yeah, last never week. couldn't you say know, a word. Making little noises, and you know, I thought I wrote that down somewhere. I just don't think I ever brought it up because, like, like a boo at least, like a boo mm-hmm. talks, like a boo makes noises, but he does make word sounding things. But still, right, right. He's you could still argue, you know, he's he's in that grouping with him as well. Yeah, the. Uh, 
Uh, agree maybe. disagree on that. I, I don't know if I'd put a boo in there because he can he can speak. He can. It's these completely non-verbal characters that we're getting more and more of, and I and we will have more in this <laughs> as we go through this. There's one in particular that comes oh. to mind, and and I think that's an interesting trope that they something that they continue to go back to is to have completely mute characters and mm-hmm. i don't know if that is a a genius marketing maneuver because it's one less character to have to translate into spanish or, or german <laughs> or japanese like to have a, a character that's all physical right and i don't know if that's just smart marketing or smart production or if it's a wonderful use of animation technique to you have you have to create a character you have zero words to work with so it all has to be physical right i'd like to think it's the latter or the later, mm-hmm. like I really do. I think it's the latter, TC. I think it's the the latter yeah. that just takes you from here to there. No, it's I a think ladder it's, of letters. <laughs> exactly, too many letters to pronounce. Um, <clears throat> that makes no sense. But like I, I really, I think I'd like to think that it is the latter of the two. Where, damn it, later. That is just that it's a character that Disney likes to give the nonverbal characters. Like they like making them. They like using them because that's just it's it's like a it's a it's it's physical humor. It's all in the face. Yeah. It's facial expressions. It's all just. It's stuff that everybody can relate to. Unfortunately, it's, I do also yeah. think a lot of times it is the first option as well, that it's just, well, we can make one toy that's for right. all over the world. <laughs> we do not have to get a voiceover to artist to redub mm. the toy in Japan. It can be, the, be the same toy. I'll be the, uh, you know, give it the, the, uh, the optimistic side of it and the less cynical side of it and think that <laughs> it, it does have something more to do with the challenge of the animation and more than it is the, the marketability of it. But I, well, I you think guys that heard it here. Category- TC just called me a cynic. <laughs> That's it. Podcast done. We're done. We're uh, out of here. So uh, uh, speaking of voices, uh, I, it's worth mentioning that Zoe Deschanel does some singing for this movie. Dude, and- that threw me off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I had mentioned that she was going to do it, and I, you must have forgotten because it was this was way back when. I know that there are people out there who just inherently don't like her, and I'm that saddens me that you would not give this give this movie a shake because Zoe Deschanel sings to it. And I did get a tweet from someone saying, "I won't watch this because Zoe Deschanel." That's just Aww. silly. I'm you have a right to your opinion, but she's got like two singing moments in this entire movie, so don't yeah. let that turn you off from the joy of this sweet film. And again, guys, <laughs> this movie's 54 minutes long. You, She sings for like three and a half, four minutes in the entire yeah. film. That's it. Don't but, worry. Uh, let, let, let's talk about something else that might turn you off. In the 77, we talked about Rabbit being a jerk, right? Yeah. And and he was. He's, he's, such, a, he's such a jerk in that mm-hmm. one. Is Owl a jerk in this one? Because he, he really sits on the fence for me of like, either he's just a, uh, he's d- like, because he never shuts up, he's he's one of those people, like those know-it-alls that honestly doesn't know anything. Right. For a guy who's writing his memoirs and can't read a simple note from Christopher Robin. <laughs> those memoirs are going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> so like, he talks a lot in this, more so than we saw in the in the original that is true, you know, and I never made that connection that that because it's it's mostly excuse me. Oh wow, that was I'm sorry. I nearly just died. <laughs> too no, much I'm honey. Cool. <clears throat> it's too much honey, guys. Um, I I never made that connection that a lot of the plot is his fault because he has Eeyore's tail. Yeah, he's the one. Yeah, and he screw he misreads the letter about the Baxons. So everything that happens in this movie is his fault. 
Wow, I didn't actually <laughs> make that connection. Yeah. Huh. So he's not, I don't feel like he's as big a jerk as Rabbit was in the original. No, Rabbit was a lot like, bigger of a jerk in the original. Yeah, one. Rabbit's out to that. destroy Tigger in that first one. In this one, <laughs> he's just, he's a jerk in that he won't admit that he's wrong and he's his ignorance is is very apparent <laughs> but yes. he's voiced wonderfully by craig ferguson <laughs> <laughs> that was oh man that i was looking at like the voice listed of this one too and mm-hmm. i'm like so it's the guy who did the original eeyore i, I believe for noticing me uh, yeah like like one of his i think it's one of the that i because it's ralph wright who oh no it's not the original one i apologize um somebody do, somebody one of the anyways, I'll look it up. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> oh wait, 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 hold on. I'm in the wrong uh, guys. Yeah, I was on the wrong one. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> there is there's more owl and there's more Eeyore in this one. I like that yeah. this this was filled out a little differently with what characters are being featured than they were in the original. Uh, and I like that. I liked I liked seeing a bit more Eeyore, although he did wear on me a little bit. Where I'm where his just he has to be miserable. There is no helping him. But uh, later when he, like, finds his own anchor tail and just weighs him down and that makes him <laughs> what what Eeyore will call happy. Right. Uh, when he finally gets his tail and he's like, well, it's got a good swish to it. And, like, <laughs> okay. Then, then I, I don't dislike Eeyore, but there was a, a point early where I'm like, oh, boy, if you were just going to refuse to be happy, you're, there is no helping you, Eeyore. Come on, man. <laughs> we're all trying here. <laughs> You got to work with us too, guys. Okay, like come on, Eeyore. It's, it's, this is this is a two way street. It's not just a one way street. Yeah. Uh, but, no, sorry, uh, real so quick. It, I apologize. Yeah. Bud Lucky did Eeyore's voice in this, and he actually, mm-hmm. at the time of this recording, he passed away just over a month ago. Oh, all right. He just well, passed I mean, not, away. All right, but that's at the age of eighty three. <laughs> mm-hmm. Man had a good life. So, but I so I apologize. He was who did I, Eeyore. I thought he did the original one, but I'm wrong. Well, he did. He did a great job in this. I, oh, yeah. I particularly like the the ER Tigger team up section. Was <laughs> was it was a nice sequence. Yep. It was it was the right amount of Tigger. I think that he didn't take over the film because I know that he's it tends to be the fan favorite of a character, uh, voiced wonderfully by Mr. Jim Cummings, who also did Pooh Bear. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh, Jim Cummings. I, I just I listened to him talk, and I'm just like, yeah, that that like I I love how well he was able to emulate. Um, Sterling Ster- Holloway's Winnie yes. the Pooh, you know, like like it 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 sounds the same to me. Like obviously, and we heard a lot of Sterling Holloway, but you can it's still Pooh. It's a little different, but it's still Winnie the Pooh. You can still yeah. tell, and I love how well he does that job. Do you prefer um, one over the other? That's a, that's a question Wyatt asked us over on Facebook. Was Sterling Holloway or Jim Cummings? Gosh, I love that is a tough tough call. That's, <laughs> that's so tough because you know what? In my head. They sound the same. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same in the same ballpark of like it's Jim Cummings doing an impression of Sterling Holloway, so Sterling Holloway trumps Jim Cummings because uh, I shouldn't say trumps. <laughs> he <laughs> he took he, away uh, a word. Yes, he's, he's, sorry. He's, he supersedes. He uh, <laughs> uh, the Saurus brain go. He he outdoes. He compliments. Sterling Holloway is the voice of Winnie the Pooh, and Jim Cummings right. does a fantastic impression of Sterling Holloway. So yep. Sterling Holloway. I mean, obviously, you go back to our previous episodes where when we used to do the Sterling Hollywood, like Sterling Sterling <laughs> Holloway. My goodness, you guys know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Sterling Holloway, like alert, like uh, like appearance mm-hmm. whenever he would appear. I love listening to that man talk. I honestly could just, I could have sat and listened to a book on tape by him, narrated by I him. If you ever, 
Oh, okay. <laughs> should actually uh, we also have uh, Tom Kenny, voice of SpongeBob SquarePants, doing the voice of <laughs> Rabbit. <a> rabbit, yeah. <laughs> which threw me off too. <laughs> it, interestingly, he it didn't sound like he was doing an impression of the original Rabbit. It sounded like he was just doing his own thing, which I, I, I could appreciate that that they didn't go out of their way to mimic all the voices because oftentimes that can feel disingenuous. They right. Didn't, they didn't sound like they were trying to. Craig Ferguson wasn't trying to recreate the original Owl's voice. He was babbling his own thing wonderfully. Um, the only ones that I feel like they, they try to recreate, you know, mm-hmm. as close as they could would be Piglet and obviously Winnie the Pooh. Because Piglet, oh, sorry, and Tigger. Because I feel like yeah. those are the three, first off, I mean, I, I don't, that's not necessarily, unfortunately, I think those are the three, like, fan favorites. Yeah, it's they, hard. They, they would be the most popular of the three, of the, right. all the characters. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because it's a cast of like what nine characters, so it's hard <laughs> when there's like, well, here's your fa- here's the fan favorites. It's three, but like <laughs> Piglet, Winnie the Pooh, and Tigger are the ones that people know. So those yeah, are well, the three, I mean, no you know. one's out there like, where's the rabbit movie? Yeah, <laughs> no one's asking for that. Where's the Rue movie? I don't need the Kanga part. Just give me Rue, okay? It, I want to see worth, little Clint Howard. It's worth it's worth well he didn't voice it this time. I know. It's I know. worth <laughs> mentioning that that this okay, so we had the movie in seventy seven. Mm-hmm. They had the TV animated TV series. They had a, a, a bunch of straight to DVD movies before this one. There's even we I don't think we talked about this. Do you remember the live action Winnie the Pooh show with like the yes. full sized human people in puppet costumes? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you, Google this, folks. They are. I don't know. If, I don't. Can't remember if we mentioned it in the first one, but man, I remember watching that on Disney, and I remember liking it. But going back and looking at it now, there's something creepy about giant human sized puppet co- like their mascot costumes. These aren't puppets. These are mascot costumes. I feel Wait, like was it, was it the Welcome to Pooh Corner? Was it that one? Yeah, was it I think that so. live action I think one. So. Yeah. Okay, it's <laughs> yeah, like Google that, guys. <laughs> you can have you can have Big Bird and you can have Sweetums, but beyond that, there's something creepy about human sized mascotty puppets existing in a puppety <laughs> world. You know, you know, like I don't know why I can accept the 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 Met, Mister Met, or like like those kind of mascots. Yeah. Maybe because they're in the context of a sports arena, so it's fine. But in TV execution, there's something creepy about it. <laughs> Especially when the program is for children. It just feels even worse yeah. at that point. I don't know. It, but not as creepy if we're just tangenting into a kid's show. Look up Zoobly Zoo. That'll haunt your nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. We're, so welcome to this episode where we're just trying to scare the crap out of all of you at home. Uh, uh, by the way, oh, my goodness, yeah. I think I've seen Zubilee Zoo. Holy Zubilee, cow. Yeah, it's a, a Ben Vereen does a voice that – no, we're not changing into Zubilee Zoo. Let's talk about John Cleese as the narrator because he did a great job. John Cleese I, as uh, as narrator. Guys, I'm not going to lie. Half of my notes – I don't have a lot of notes for this movie because it was so mm-hmm. short. But half of my notes were literally be going, is that John Cleese? Wait, it is, is that John Zoe Deschanel? <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that Craig Ferguson? Like, I just kept freaking out going, Wait, I didn't know any of these people were in this movie. <laughs> but no, John uh, yeah, Cleese did a fantastic job. He he yeah. uh, he. Again, he's he's like Stephen Fry. He's one of those like actors where I will sit and just listen to him talk and enjoy mm-hmm. it because I like the sound of his voice. <laughs> yeah, he, he was making up for turning down Basil because he was offered the role of Basil back for Great Mouse Detective and That's he right. rejected it. 
Um, How dare he? How dare he yeah, reject us? I don't know if he would have made a good Baz or not, but uh, it's nice to hear him in the narrator spot here. He's a legend. I mean, Monty Python, his his role, his role in comedy is important. And to have a, a legendary actor like that in the narrator spot, not, not chewing up. Is he our 80s star in this? <laughs> Ooh, you know 80s, what? 80s, 90s a, star? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that, but I think you're right. I think he is yeah. our 80s star for this film, <laughs> but he's not like a wash-up, because I don't care. John Cleese will never be a wash-up actor anyways. No. <laughs> but, uh, oh man, but I didn't even think about that. Good point. Good yeah. call, TC. <laughs> so there is a series of these movies and the TV series, and there's some straight to... DVD stuff. There were some theatrical released. Uh, P- uh, Piglet's big movie, I believe, was theatrical released. I think the Tigger movie was as well. Uh, not under this Disney library, under one of the other libraries. Right. There was a bit that I thought was in the original, and it wasn't. And then I couldn't imagine. It wasn't going to be in this because I remembered it from my childhood, and I had to look it up, and it was from a 1983 Winnie the Pooh movie that was released. So there's... Lots of Winnie the Pooh. And it was, uh, this is going to sound gross, but come on, everyone be mature right now so we can discuss this. No, Jeff, Jeff, (laughs) I'm going to say this. I don't think I can. Jeff, 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 listen, listen. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to say this, and I don't want you to giggle. Okay. Okay. No giggling. There was a a bit, it was a game that Pooh created called Pooh Sticks. (laughs) Jeffrey! I am not a mature adult, TC. You should know this. Does this sound familiar? Does this sound familiar? Does poo sticks sound familiar? (laughs) Poo sticks? No, okay, it doesn't. No, it it doesn't. No. (laughs) I thought it was part of the original where it's Winnie the Pooh on a bridge, and he tosses a pine cone in in the river below, and then it comes out on the other side. And he's like, well, that's interesting. I threw it on that side, and then it came out on this side. Oh, that sounds so familiar. Where everybody tosses sticks into the water, and then they look to the other side to see who comes out first. Yes. Okay. No, this, that I, re- I that I remember. What is yeah, that? I re- okay. It's from a different Winnie the Pooh movie. Like it's part of Disney. It's not like a different as in a completely. It's just part of the series. It was one of those things that was probably played on the Disney Channel when I was like seven or eight, and it just stuck with me to the point where I remember going to Petrified Springs Park, Pets Park, in my hometown, and playing Pooh Sticks on the bridge because there was a bridge that looked exactly like the bridge from the 100 acre wood that me and my sister and my brother would go play this game at uh, and it ends with them tossing their sticks none of the sticks come out except and then eeyore comes floating out on his back yes <laughs> <laughs> oh so it's in winnie the pooh and a day for eeyore the 1983 one yeah sorry i had so, to, i had to look it up guys i'm sorry <laughs> no that's fine I, I i i was hoping you would if not i was going to but Tears don't like pook sticks all, all this <laughs> All this goes to a question that Wyatt asked us, right? So over on Facebook.com slash Top Shelf Pod, you can comment on the episode. I'll mention this again later. But uh, Wyatt says, prior to your episode, I only listened to two or three podcasts devoted to this movie, the 2011 Winnie the Pooh. And because of that, he's very curious why this movie is rarely discussed. Is it that bad? Is it too saccharine? Is it secretly condescending to both children and adults the world over? Or maybe it's just because this film's unfortunate release date. I don't know. Hopefully we can elaborate on this. Now, Jeff, I have some thoughts, but I want to ask you, why do you think this doesn't come up on people's radars a lot? Why is this? Is, do you have any idea why this might be a movie that, that people neglect or forget? You know, I was talking to somebody um, off 
air and also not you, TC. Because uh, <laughs> guys, believe it or not, I do talk to other people besides TC. Though it's <laughs> they've very seen the little. show, Jeff. They all watch your show. They know. They know the other true. characters. <laughs> Everybody knows them all. Um, so I was trying to talk about somebody to somebody else about it because I had that same exact thought. I'm just I'm, in my head. I'm like, first off, I don't understand why they made this movie when they did, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm wondering if it's because it's right in this it's right in this age where like the the generations of Disney watchers are kind of shifting because we're mm-hmm. right before like the generation of the movies my nieces all watched. My nieces are you know between seven and ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> 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 I had a count real quick, guys. Uh, but like I, so it's like it's it's the generation of like my generation who's having kids but maybe hasn't been out of it. Like we remember watching Winnie the Pooh. But at the same time, I feel like, because again, I remember seeing the, the trailer for it. I remember seeing the posters advertising for it. And I went, oh, it's a Winnie the Pooh movie. Oh, I'm too old for that. And just ignoring it. Yeah. And I wonder if it's it just didn't fall in that era, like that, just like that little time frame, mm-hmm. but, you know, where people just, you were either too old or you just didn't know who Winnie the Pooh was. Right, right. They, you know? I, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that might be, you might be onto something there. Uh, I think okay. So first of all, this came out three days before Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. So which I went and saw. <laughs> that, that probably played a part in why this wasn't like a massive box office success, or or that it flew under people's radar because that's counter programming. Mm-hmm. Harry Potter had reached a dark stage. It was a little more adult, a little more scary, yeah. and counter programming says, "Hey, families, we'll give you a second option. That's not that. <clears throat> Here's a sweet cartoon with Winnie the Pooh." Right. But and I it's think, short, and, so your kids could get in and out of the theaters. Yeah. And and uh, and and this goes towards what I was just discussing with with Poostix and the straight to DVD stuff. I think the main issue why this is not one that pops up is oversaturation. I think there was too much Winnie the Pooh too quickly that people just didn't care anymore to have. Oh. There's there's five other movies. There's the the Pooh's Heffalump movie and there's Piglet's big movie and Tigger's movie. There was the cartoon series that ran for a spell in the late 80s there's i just think there was too much winnie the pooh that people just didn't care anymore and and i and that this being the only the third time they've done a sequel because we had the rescuers and right. we had Fant- and fantasia if you want to count that as a sequel and now we're back here with with winnie the pooh and I, it's interesting because I feel like Disney would have known this already, that their straight-to-DVD releases, which are strictly cash grabs, I don't care how much you like some of these sequel movies, they are made for money. Mm-hmm. Nobody is, And there may be artists working on it, but in the grand scheme of things, it's like, hey, this one thing was successful, let's make more of it to milk this cow as hard as we can. And... I think they. I feel like Disney should have known that in releasing and creating this. It's Lasseter, so he's a smart dude when it comes to to how to run a company for film. And what, the other side of the coin here is that this movie doesn't feel like a cash grab. It doesn't right. feel like they are just trying to create more merchandise to sell. And I and it's that fine balance of maybe if they pandered a little bit more, it would have captured an audience. I don't want them to. I'm not saying that, but it, it, maybe that's a credit to them that they said, "No, we're going to create a film that honors the tradition of Winnie the Pooh as it's always been meant to to be." Um, mm-hmm. 
But I think why to answer your question, it, I think it was oversaturation. I think people were just Ugh, more Winnie the Pooh. I already got ten of these movies at home. Do I need another one that I have to pay at the theaters to see? <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I'm looking like right now just online of all the of all like the Winnie the Pooh movies and all the TV mm-hmm. shows and all that. And yeah, that's a good point. Like there's there was like TV wise, there was a Winnie the Pooh show. Basically, they're ver- different variations, but all through the '80s and then it's 2001 to 2010, there was three different shows. You know, so yeah. like you had it's just basically all during the 2000s, there was early 2000s, there was just Winnie the Pooh was on. Winnie the Pooh, yeah. And and you know what? I'm, I'm just thinking this now to go back to your point, Jeff, of missing the missing the target. 2011, we have Netflix now, right? People yeah. can stream stuff at home. And in particular, Netflix Kids exists. Uh, Disney has their their uh, PBS Kids uh, is offering more animated content, mm-hmm. streaming content, Nickelodeon. Uh, there's so much sit at home and play something on TV content that Winnie the Pooh's market, their target market skews younger. It, it does have a, a timeless feel to it. I can enjoy it. You can enjoy it. Kids can enjoy it. But I think its target audience is in 2011 and, and today – that's not an audience that's going to go to the theaters. That's an audience that stays at home. If you look at some of the other movies of this area, uh, Curious George came out around this time, which is definitely in the same realm of sweet little kid movie without being annoying. Right. Uh, and that's, that's stay-at-home stuff. Don't bring your kids to the theaters. As, as theaters continue to compete to bring adults in with IMAX and serving beer and dinner, there's no market for little kids anymore to come out to the theaters unless you're going to make one of those playtime theaters and who the heck wants to go to one of those? Sit your kid down. Sit your kid down. I am watching Winnie the Pooh. Sit your kid down. I'm gonna, you know what? I don't care. We're, this is a total a non sequitur that does not matter. I remember seeing Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice in theater and the, in front of me was a family and they had like a six-year-old with them. Right, and that little kid would not sit down and shut up, and I and I got so annoyed that I was like, "Shh, shh, hey, shut your kid up," to the point where the the dad was like, "Hey, man, it's it's Superman and Batman." I'm like, "This isn't a kids movie. Take your kid in the hall now." Yeah, <laughs> a kid a kid that young should not be watching a movie like that. Come on. Also, you're uh, making so, me miss my movie. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm that that's way over the place to, to, but I think that that's there's a lot of elements in play here about why this movie doesn't fall into a memorable category. It's oversaturation. It's the wrong audience to ask to come to the movies. And and that's not to say that this movie isn't good, because it is. This yeah. movie I, I Jeff, how did you feel about it? I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it from the moment it started when I realized that they were doing the live action opening and ending like they did from the original one. Mm-hmm. And it kinda just it I, I I laughed at it you know a handful of times that sounds like I barely laughed but you know what I mean <laughs> you know like I laughed at it it was it was enjoyable to watch it felt very warm and it felt just kind of inviting and it kind of it, it felt like you know to, to to use a cliche it felt like putting on a like a warm sweater like an old sweater yeah, or you know just yeah. like it felt like oh okay this is Winnie the Pooh it wasn't and it and it never pretended to be like anything else but what it was and I liked it and I it ended even with it only being 54 minutes not including the 10 minutes of credits and the <laughs> post credit sequence with guys the this movie I like has the a- way that guy talked hey look at all this <laughs> stuff you know I better collect this in case they come oh I'm in a pit <laughs> 
I like like I just that that blew my mind. I got super excited and super confused <laughs> that a Winnie yeah. the Pooh movie had a post credit sequence in it. Guys, what's happening? Yeah, um, I, I think that in general, this movie is such a feel good film that yeah. it, it would be hard not to watch this and smile. And and I didn't particularly like guffaw through any of this. There was a there was a couple jokes in particular that did make me have a, a nice laugh out loud moment. The one one that really made, gave me a good laugh was when they're all in the pit. And Eeyore just goes, we're all going to die. <laughs> like, I don't know why that, maybe because it was just, geez, Eeyore. <laughs> it's like, I know you're, I know you're, I know you're, you know, sad and depressing usually, but that's just, dang, yeah. dude, get some help, okay? Like, yeah. it's not that bad. <laughs> uh, and and I really liked the chalkboard sequence when, when uh, Owl is BSing his way through describing the Baxen and he's like, oh, tell, tell us more, Alor. Uh, why don't you tell me what you think the backset is? Yes, that is correct. I like the the chalkboard animation that they did with that. Yes. And, uh, that the fact that they did, good. when they pull out of the chalkboard, Owl's frozen image of the chalk drawing, which was the last one we saw, is still on there. Uh, and then the fact that the Baxen finds it later and is like, oh, this is a scary picture. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like, I, and then that's a gag that I kind of, I kind of was expecting to happen oh, in the film, yeah. but then yeah. when they didn't, I'm like, oh, okay, so maybe not. But the whole idea <laughs> that they made up this character and that character actually does exist actually exactly exists, yeah. like they drew it. Like, the, I did the, like that. The one other laugh out loud moment I had, which is why I wrote down the the chalkboard sequence, is when he's like, oh, the backson is big and this and this. Is it. I'll draw Piglet in for scale. <laughs> 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 oh, poor Piglet. <laughs> Always getting the – he was the runt of his litter. Yeah, oh, piglet, sad boy. <laughs> but yeah, overall, uh, TC, I I did, I enjoyed this movie. I thought yeah. it was, a, I thought it was fun. It's, it's exactly what it was supposed to be, and I'm completely okay with that. And I, uh, you know, like I, I, I did want to know, like I felt like, do you think if you had never seen, I guess, it's, I guess if we, we live in a world where it's probably hard to have never seen anything Winnie the Pooh, right? Mm-hmm. Like if this was your your introduction into Winnie the Pooh, well, let's, right? Let's talk about that. I, we've I've already said this is great for kids at home. Uh, I I genuinely think that Winnie the Pooh is such a wholesome, sweet series that that any any little kid could sit down in front of this and find enjoyment in at least Tigger or Piglet or some of the more dynamic characters. Um, Oh man, I'm sorry. You were asking me a question. <laughs> I no, no, no. Lost, no. The, lost the train of thought. Uh, <laughs> ah, so now I know what it's like when you ask me things, TC. <laughs> like every other episode, guys. <laughs> TC uh, asked it, me a question. Introduction. Like, introduction. You asked me this, to introduce a kid into this. Yes, I think you could introduce a child to this, and they could find enjoyment of it out of it. That uh, there's. It just it, the series is so consistent. I think that is probably the, the highest compliment I can give this series compared to a lot. Uh, though some of them, some of the straight to DVD stuff might be uh, less developed or less uh, anim, like animation wise impressive, or uh, might come off a little bit lazy. I definitely mm-hmm. think that this series has a consistency to it. Um, just not the live action giant puppet mascot things. Don't 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 do that. <laughs> if you're gonna do anything live action with Winnie the Pooh, you keep the opening and ending like they did, where they're just, you know, they're just the dolls, the dolls sitting around there. Christopher Robin's rooms. Which okay, just to really to quickly talk about that aspect, the ending, like the beginning of the end credits before they go to the actual scrolling credits, where they're showing mm-hmm. you the shots of the room and the dolls set up, and they're all recreating moments from the movie. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like like Piglet's doll just sitting on the bed with six cut up pieces of rope and the <laughs> yeah. scissors sitting. I'm like, I like, I, I watched that part. and I'm like, oh, well, that's cute because no, it's gar, it's gar. obviously Christopher Robin, the little boy, playing with his dolls. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, those dolls a lot better shape than the ones in the '70s were. <laughs> <laughs> these are like these are like next gen. Winnie the Pooh dolls. Hey, I have they, a feeling <laughs> they made it very clear in the credit sequence that you can purchase those dolls. Winnie <laughs> the Pooh was was brand new. You can't buy him, but all the other characters are available now at the Disney store. <laughs> I also like the fact that it let me know uh, who the caffeinator was um, or caffeination by in the credits. There's some guy who oh, was yeah. in charge of like coffee, coffee, oh, and the fact that no stuffed animals were hurt in the making of this film. Oh, I didn't see that. That's sweet. I did. Something that did draw my eye, and I didn't know this until it scrolled by in the credits, Robert and Kristen Lopez wrote the music for this. And Oh, I didn't even look at that. This was their introduction to Disney, giving them the trust to then write the music for Frozen. So Robert and Kristen Lopez are the husband-wife duo that will eventually write all the music for Frozen. So love them or hate them, they started here. <laughs> Dang. I didn't even make I didn't even realize that's who yeah. I I didn't put two and two together to realize that's who wrote the music to this one. Yeah. So once I oh. saw that I, I I looked to see if they had done anything prior to this, uh, and they had not. This was their introduction into the Disney Library. And Kristen Lopez was the voice of Kanga. Robert was the voice of Tummy. Oh. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And that's got to be we've we've mentioned this before, and I'm gonna I'm gonna mention Creativity Inc. once again, uh, the Pixar book mm-hmm. about how Pixar does their thing. Check out the audiobook; it's such a good read, such a good listen. But I like to think Kanga being voiced by Kristen and Tommy being voiced by Robert falls into that category of we got the right voice. We don't need to look. We don't need to cast someone. We don't need to look for someone that Pixar is notorious for. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that they'll have like a storyboard artist doing the voice for I can't remember the chef's name in Ratatouille, and they're like, "Oh no, that's the voice. We don't need to cast anyone else. There's no one more perfect than him." Right, and right. So that's that's probably how Robert and Kristen ended up voicing their characters. Was like they were probably placeholders, and they just went, <laughs> "No, no, the, you guys nailed it. Why do we need to look for anyone else?" Yeah, we're good. That's perfect. No one else is going to be able to do it as well as you guys did. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. like Joe. I think that's how like Joe Ramph. I think his name was Joe Ramp uh, on a lot of the Pixar films in the early days. I think that's how he did Roz for Monsters Inc. I think it was like just a he did it during like the storyboard <laughs> meetings. Yeah, and they're just like, yeah, that's perfect. That's Don't no, nobody that. else is gonna nail that. So or like Brad Bird doing Edna Mode's voice for right. Incredibles. <laughs> Edna Mode, it's perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah. So. I, I actually don't have any I don't have any more notes of this. I could go no. to the comment section if you want me to hit up. Yeah, why don't we uh, head Facebook over to the over comment here. section yeah. right now, TC? Because I got so, nothing else. I kind of expended my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, every Monday before we record, we throw up the episode we're going to discuss, so you guys can toss comments or questions at us that we can then discuss while we're recording. And uh, it's Facebook.com/slash/TopShelfPod, or you can tweet at me at TC's Big Head, or you can tweet at Jeff at Random Bell. Definitely appreciate your guys's interaction you've helped uh, draw out some episodes for us in the past Definitely. <laughs> no no we we like engaging in the conversation um so i did get a, a tweet from our our uh, one of our longtime listeners dig 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 hi ho asking oh. us which one's better this one or 77 and that's not that's not even something that particularly crossed my mind in watching these and watching this i didn't even think to go which do i like better because 
what we've been doing on this cast is ranking these movies within their 10 to pit uh, pit one against the other. I think, Dig, I think you were the one who asked us which rescuers we preferred. And and I don't remember if anyone asked us which Fantasia we prefer, but I'll ask you, Jeff, which one of these Winnie the Poohs do you like better? If you can dig back a year ago and remember the 77 one versus I know, this that's, one. <laughs> well, see, that's what's tough about it because watching this, I, it, it, like I said earlier, like it just, it felt like going home. It felt very comfortable. It felt exactly like it was supposed to be. It didn't feel any different than the 77 one. Yeah. Uh, the only, the only thing that might in my head, maybe edge it out was I kind of liked the story of this one a little bit more. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. But, but, but then at the same time, like the one from the 77 one where Pooh gets stuck in the tree with the honey and they have like, <laughs> that's such a classic story that I know that story, you know, and rabbit mm-hmm. making like Pooh's like when he gets stuck in uh, rabbit's door yeah, and he makes, yeah, like that's also like, that's ingrained in my head and I'm like, no, yeah, I know that story. So yeah. I guess, I guess to see that would come down to nostalgia at that mm-hmm. point that I guess would Hit, like maybe hinge me towards the seventy seven, but I don't know. I think these guys. I think they're both pretty equal. I could. Yeah, you I'm, could I'm watch totally them back in the to back same, and just be totally in the same ballpark. And honestly, that that is how I was going to answer as well. Is like just watch them both at the same time, not yeah. like simultaneously. I mean, back to back. That would be insane. That would be weird. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that seventy seven one is so sweet. It says it's so great, and this one just rides that very well. Like it continues that that the feelings I had from that first one. That's why I popped the one, the first one in right after I finished this, because it was like, I, I just want to watch the rest, just have this playing in the background, making me happy. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I, I suppose I would take this one over the other one. If I had to choose strictly on the fact that I recognize the voices more, I know John Cleese and Craig Ferguson yeah. and Zoe Deschanel doing some singing and like th- at the very least, maybe that would give it the edge. But that's such a, that's a fraction of an edge that there is no one over the other. Just watch them both. And then, you know, go on YouTube and watch Poo Sticks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, I can't believe I forgot about that Poo Sticks thing. But once you started describing them on the bridge, I'm like, oh yeah, of course I know what that is. I guess I just never knew what it was from. Uh, So let's see, over at Facebook, Natasha, thank you for listening and commenting as always. We love hearing from you. Everything that made the first Winnie the Pooh is so adorable is found here too, from great songs to adorable stories, and it's a nice return to 2D animation. Obviously, we 100% agree with you, Natasha. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, uh, and then Wyatt, I also I already asked Wyatt Sterling Holloway Jim Cummings question, um, but he asks prior to uh, oh no, that's a question for next week. So we yep. already have gotten to your answers there. So <laughs> that's the only only. Uh, three comments I got for this episode, and yeah, and I didn't um, have anything for this week's episode. Yeah, so <laughs> Jeff, this is a really short episode. Is there any way we can draw this out? <laughs> TC of all the movies that we've watched oh, so far, for the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, of man. all the movies, TC, where are you going to rank this one? Well, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, this is de- this is going to be the the only one we have for this list so far. It's going to be number one, so. I don't want to ask you, Jeff, how you think this is going to hold up against the other ones because it gives that's too much of a spoiler for what's to come. True. So I, I suppose just to kind of to to 
you know, I just want to get a little longer episode here. I'm sure the listeners don't mind listening to us a little bit longer. I'll ask you not. this. In in terms of the revival that we're in right now, okay, yeah. and I'm going to allow Bolt to be part of this revival. When you look at Bolt, Princess and the Frog, Tangled, and now Winnie the Pooh, mm-hmm. how does that hold up against those other three? I know this is kind of off market or off brand that we're I'm pushing these against the other three, but hey, I made you I made you uh, dig 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 high ho made us pick one over the other. <laughs> so, <laughs> so how does how not, does Winnie the Pooh hold up against the last up. three that yeah. we've watched? Does this fit in this revival era, or is this the anomaly like Rescuers Down Under was? Because if you think Rescuers Down Under is in between two of the Renaissance films, it's between. True. What, uh, Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast? Is that right? Or is it between Aladdin and Little... I think it's Little Mermaid, Rescuers... I think it's Little Aladdin. Mermaid, yeah. It's Little Mermaid, Rescuers Down Under, so then Beauty and the Beast. That that's the anomaly in the Renaissance. Is this the anomaly in the revival? You know, that's a good point. I guess I never made that thought or made that connection. But yeah, actually, I think it is the anomaly because it doesn't... Princess and the Frog was obviously... like You can sit and watch that movie and you can go, yep, this is Disney going, you know... Like, like recognizing their 2D heritage, what they did, the type of films that they made before, and going, we're done. We're bowing out. That's that's maybe not the end of it forever, but that was the end. It's a clear cut, you know, homage to what they used to do. Right, yeah. Uh, Bolt is them refining this new era of Disney. Tangled is just flat out going... Oh, guys, we got it. We figured we it got out. It. Like, we found our we voice, everyone. Yeah, we know what we're doing. <laughs> so it's those... Those three have very distinct like reasons, like or you know you can you can pinpoint what they are doing in the the history yeah. of Disney. We get to Winnie the Pooh, and you know, and not to make it sound negative because obviously we liked the movie. Mm-hmm. It's it's it doesn't bring anything new to the table in the movies that it's surrounding. It's not going like, oh man, they did this with the film that was ob- like, this is obviously the send off for the 2d animation or, you know, they, oh, they, they brought Pooh in this new way and they did something new with them and they tried like reviving this classic character of theirs. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't do anything. It was just more of a, Hey, remember Winnie the Pooh? Like it used to be here. It is again, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, and, I, gosh, that sounds so bad, but no, no, no. I, it, it, looking at the revival, I think what we've seen in Bolt, Princess and the Frog, and Tangled, and now Winnie the Pooh, is this this honoring of the past. That it's not necessarily trying to recapture the glory days. It's it's honoring and paying homage to what came before the revival era. As I've seen it, Bolt has this this palate cleanse to it. Right? It's Right. Sweet. It's simple. It's let's take the Pixar method that works best and apply it to Disney without whole hog repeating it. Right. Let's find a way to blend this with this. Right. Princess and the Frog was this tribute to the Renaissance era. And, and as much as we kept calling this send off to 2D, I think it was more of a send off to the classic era of song and dance musicals that they created. Whereas Tangled mm-hmm. was this introduction into a new era of musicals that isn't being cynical towards the past, isn't ripping off the past. It's finding a, a new new presentation to it. And Winnie the Pooh is this honoring of the end of Walt's era because Winnie the Pooh was the last thing that he had any hand in creating, it being the shorts before it was released as a film. Mm-hmm. And in general, this revival era feels like 
let's let's respect what came before. We're not trying to tap it. We respect what came before. We're, we have found a new voice, and we're going to push that, push ourselves to the future. And 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 Disney is the and and Winnie the Pooh. It feels to me like that's that's how it it, it fits into this revival era. That it is respectful to what came before. Okay. Yeah. So it is the anomaly. I agree that I, I do think this it stands out in that it's this weird. It's in between Tangled and Wreck It Ralph, which right. are very clearly part of this new era of Disney. Which much and like then, Rescuers like, Down Under. Right, and honestly, I I feel like if you ask people to name like the last handful of Disney movies, they're not going to name Winnie the Pooh. I always you know? forget this one. And when when in discussing with some of our listeners about. Uh, just in general conversation in real life and not, not on like Twitter or Facebook of, you know, do you have any anticipation of how you're going to rank these last films? And I was like, Oh, well, I mean, look what's coming. This, 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 and this, there's one more. What am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? Oh, yep. right. There's a Winnie the Pooh in there, <laughs> <laughs> which I remember, I remember going way back to before we started this podcast or like in the early days when I would scroll all the way through the list, I remember being like, cause I, I, again, while I remember seeing the posters and the trailers for this movie, I, oh, I forgot this movie was even in this listing. Just being like, wait, there's a, wait, there was a Winnie the Pooh movie on that, like that, like few years yeah. ago? Like, I didn't know that was before <laughs> Wreck-It Ralph. Wait, what are you talking yeah. about? Or, yeah, it's funny. It's funny how this just kind of slips in. Just it's quietly here. It's just like, it's, it's kind of, it yeah, it's kind of just like Waves a, like Piglet uh, and Pooh. Hi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> As the Tangled and Wreck-It Ralphs that are yeah. the rabbit are going all around being all crazy. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh is just there waving. Like, yeah. hey guys. So the, <laughs> the lack of comments from, on the Facebook page and lack of tweets, I don't take that to to feel like people have any ill will towards this. I'd be no. I'd be shocked if there's someone out here who hates this movie. Aside from the one person who will remain nameless who said they weren't going to watch it because Zoe Deschanel sings a song in it. Um, <laughs> okay, she sings I, like three songs, guys. She does, I yeah, did yeah, the yeah, math. Okay, but I'm curious if anyone has any thoughts about. Well, this this movie's place in this library this movie's does it does it hold its place is it firmly is this does this not necessarily does it belong in the library because i i think that it does stand up to the traditions of what of what this uh, of what makes this library film so strong um it just doesn't innovate and it doesn't it doesn't push the brand it doesn't push the voice it just it's just respectful, sweet yep. film. <laughs> yep. And that's all I have to say about that. Thank you for listening, everybody. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the last 30 seconds is just me screaming because I didn't <laughs> know what's happening. <laughs> well, um, real quick, even though we already kind of mentioned it, next week, guys, of course, is 2012's Wreck-It Ralph, which mm-hmm. is going to be fun because I don't think I've watched Wreck-It Ralph in at least four or five years. So I'm okay. kind of excited to, to watch this. <laughs> this is going to be fun. But uh, but yeah but yeah uh, go ahead I guess TC do your uh, do the do the final things of the episode and okay cool uh, we're, uh, we're gonna uh, wrap this one up <laughs> Wreck It Ralph will be placed up on Monday you can take a look over there if you have any questions or comments for us about it uh, there's some there's some fun talking points to be had with Wreck It Ralph and I'm 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 as as I've said a million times and probably could be a T-shirt for me I'm looking forward to <laughs> talking about Wreck It Ralph <laughs> dot 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 insert yeah. I'm looking forward to and then just an underscore in parentheses. Disney yeah. movie name. <laughs> <laughs> so, Facebook.com slash Top Shelf Pod. I'm at TC's Big Head. Jeff is at Random Bell. We always love yo, hearing yo. from you guys. Always. Uh, but yeah, this was fun, Jeff. I'm I'm happy to have watched this, and I'm glad I'm happy that it got me to watch the 77 one again as well. 
Yes. I'm also glad that we didn't talk for two hours about this film. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I haven't heard one complaint about the length of the past couple episodes. No. Hopefully no, no one has no any problem with how short this one is. <laughs> it's actually uh, kind of that, a little bit of like a nice breather. I'm not going to lie, guys. Yeah, like yeah. it's just, this is an hour? Oh, okay, cool. We're yeah. done. All right. <laughs> uh, but, but that's it. That's all I have to say about that. So Awesome. Was, well, cool. thank you, TC. It's been fun as always. Yeah, and yeah. come back next week, guys, for, oh, no, one, two, three, four. The fifth to last movie. Fifth to last. Uh, well, so this awesome. has been a podcast. We have been the people you have been listening to. And this is our sign-off. Yeah, yeah! yeah. Kind of, kind of muddled that at the end. Did I say this is a sign-off or this is our sign-off? Mm. <gasps> You're slowly taking over the podcast, aren't you, TC? Yeah. By making it a sign-off. Next week, it's going to be, this is my sign-off. And then oh. the week after that, uh. you're not even going to introduce me. You're somehow going to make me not. <laughs> you're a glitch, Jeff. You're a glitch. Uh, what? Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I'm having deja vu, too. And we faded out. <laughs> this has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. I like the ending.